Welcome to Odd Drummer Gaming, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. This is the 52nd full-length episode of this podcast, I believe. In this episode, I will be talking about Postal, but I will get to that towards the end of the episode. Um, I am recording this at 7.43 p.m. on November 11th, Friday, Fry-yay. That reminds me of Rebecca Black. Um, you know that song when it first came out, Friday, was of course terrible, obviously terrible. Um, over time, I kind of like the song. The lyrics are abysmal, of course, like, I forget the lyrics, but it's like, after lunch, I have to get some snacks, Friday, yay, yay, Friday, whatever it is. The lyrics are terrible, but it was kind of catchy, and Rebecca Black, her parents, obviously were desperate to make her some sort of star. I did see a funnier Die video with her in it that made me laugh, so I kind of ended up liking her over time. I don't follow her career or anything, let's get that straight, but... I don't hate her. And she's kind of out of the spotlight. Like, I hope she's, like, meditating somewhere and looking within and being like, what can I do to contribute to others and the world? You know? And, you know, I I, I hope she wasn't bullied too much. I'm sure she was. But, whatever. Um, I don't know what else to talk about. Um... It, people were... I hate politics. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Hopefully I'll be quick with this. <coughs> people go... People are n- nuts. Uh, politics to me are, are boring and dumb. And... Um, I just... You know, I feel hopeless. And, and I feel like it's all dumb and pointless for the most part. <laughs> And I know people are passionate about it, and people disagree verily, and that's fine. But I I respect I respect people how however they they want to vote. That's I think that's the whole point. Like that saying long ago, um, I disagree with what, what you say, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it or whatever that is. And people just kind of go nuts. I, I don't really understand human behavior when it comes to voting and politics. Um, all you can see on social media is um, vote, 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 vote. And I, what I don't understand is like when you encourage people to vote, you are encouraging people to vote for your people you know what i mean like for example like let's just go back to to trump when people were saying vote 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 they're not saying vote for trump or maybe they are i don't know i don't think so but social media makes you think that everyone who follows you agrees with you a hundred percent and that's not really the case also a lot of profiles are public so 
it's not like you're saying vote, vote, vote to only people who 100% agree with you. And if, you, if you're the type of person who wants to be surrounded by people who 100% agree with you, that's also kind of weird. Um, I never know what to believe with politics because like on, on, in the commercials, they're like, Jane Turner raped children and killed children with a bullet from her own gun. Uh, vote Chris Johnson for comptroller. You know what I mean? Like, and then, and then the other side will be like, Chris Johnson would be a terrible comptroller. He went into the sewers and raped an alligator. Vote Jane Turner for comptroller. So, like, if both sides are, I don't know if that's the right, if mudslinging is the right term. I feel like that's a very, very old um, term. It all feels very dumb. It feels very childish. Um... And I'll never understand. People are saying vote, vote, vote. Like, let's say for an example, Hillary Clinton. Like, an avid an avid Hillary Clinton supporter is going on social media. Vote, vote, vote. We need your vote. And they think that the people you are saying vote to are going to vote for Hillary Clinton, which is not the case. And then if someone explains, like, or if someone reaches out and be like, "Oh, I disagree. I don't. I don't like Hillary Clinton," and then their reaction is like blocked. And I'm like, "Is that? Is that? I don't know. I find it all absurd. I find it all kind of dumb. Um, and I just feel like when they say vote, 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 they're never saying vote for the person who I don't want you to vote for. You know what I mean?" So, like, with Trump and I don't even know who he, oh, it was Trump and Hillary. God, my memory sucks. People did vote between Trump and Hillary and more people voted for Trump or, you know, he ended up winning that election. So, like, you can say vote, vote, vote all you want, but people did vote. And you, I don't know, it's all kind of, I know people are passionate about it and I don't mean to ruffle any feathers. It just, I feel like human behavior is very weird whenever elections come around. Um, Anyway, let's just move on. Um, I think last episode I referred to it as the movie Corner. I meant to say movie Beat. But let's just get to the movie beat because I don't know what else to talk about. Let's start with Hubie Halloween. So on eleven on November fifth, two thousand twenty-two, I watched Hubie Halloween. Dang it! Usually I have it all tabbed out with the Wikipedia pages, and this time I really dropped the ball. Dang it! Hubie Halloween, let's check it out on the Waikipadadada. There's this weird window on my computer screen. I don't know how to get it off. Hubie Halloween is a 2020 American mystery comedy film directed by Stephen Brill, written by Adam Sandler and Tim Hurler 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 
starring an ensemble cast consisting of Sandler in the title role, Kevin James, Julie Bowen, Ray Liotta, Rob Schneider, June Squibb, Kenan Thompson, Shaquille O'Neal, Steve Buscemi, and Maya Rudolph. The film follows a Halloween-loving delicatessen worker who must save the town of Salem, Massachusetts from a kidnapper. Um, I rewatched this because on November 5th, I kind of felt like, you know, I felt I I'd already discussed this before, but I try desperately every year to get into the Halloween spirit and 1031 always comes and goes and I just I never get there and it's gone. It's just gone. So I watched this and I got to say this movie, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot the first time. I liked it a lot this time. I got plenty out of it. I laughed a lot at it. And um, it did, it felt very Halloween-y. Like, I know Pat Walsh recently said that um, Donnie Darko felt Halloween-y. And I disagreed. Like, yeah, they went to a party and he's wearing a costume. It's slightly Halloween-y, but... Hubie Halloween did more to get me into the Halloween spirit after the fact than any other movie other than maybe... Well, Hereditary creeped me out, but it's not Halloween-y. There's no Halloween in it. But Hubie Halloween felt Halloween-y to me. Um, every thermos gag made me laugh. Um, every shirt that his mom had on made me laugh. I find the movie very funny. Um, it made me laugh a lot. I don't know what else to say. I liked it. Um, what was I going to say? I don't remember. By the way, I was looking up... Did you know that Maya Rudolph's mom is named Minnie Ripperton? And she married Ru Richard Rudolph. Richard Rudolph is an American songwriter, musician, music publisher, and producer who is still alive. Minnie Ripperton, who I know from the song um, Loving You, I, th <laughs> I think I only know that song because of South Park. Um, also, I'm not a huge South Park song, but... I know that I know that song. In season 1, episode 2 of South Park, Weight Gain 4000 aired on August 27, 1997. Mr. Garrison plans to <laughs> Wow, this is absurd already. Mr. Garrison plans to assassinate Kathy Lee Gifford. The moment John Stamos's little brother hits the high note of the song in concert, but since Stamos's brother can't actually hit the note, Garrison's plan is thrown off course and Gifford lives. Um, anyway, that's kind of, I remember, I don't remember much about the show. I haven't really watched that show a lot, but that, I have that memory stuck in my mind. Anyway, that, that song was sung by Minnie Ripperton, and that was Maya Rudolph's mom. She unfortunately died at 31 from breast cancer. And at the end of that song... I read that she says, Maya, 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 Maya. And looking on Amazon Music, the lyrics are, Oh my, oh my, oh my. But I read that it's Maya, Maya, Maya. So 
uh, that uh, we got off track. I don't know what happened there, but Maya Rudolph is in this movie. She's very funny as well as interesting that Tim Meadows is not listed in this ensemble cast on Wikipedia. But Maya Rudolph is. They, I believe they were husband and wife in the movie. But I, I recommend checking this out if you haven't. You know, I think mood has a lot to do with it. So if you're in a bad mood, you'll probably not like it. Also, if you are smart or intelligent, you might not like it. It's kind of a just a dumb, fun Halloween movie. And I'm, I'm glad that he made it, Adam Sandler. Um, he wrote it with Tim Hurley. And, um, you know... He made Uncut Gems and his performance was amazing, but I'm glad that he made it. I almost wish that he would make some sort of Halloween outing uh, every year. But let me read this. For the first, for the 41st Golden Raspberry Awards, Hubie Halloween received three nominations for Worst Actor for Sandler, Worst Screen Combo for Sandler and his grading simpleton voice and worst prequel remake ripoff or sequel for a remake ripoff of Ernest Scared Stupid. Um, that just makes me feel bad and um, I don't agree. I don't... Uh, I mean, Ras the Raspies should be fun, but reading that was not fun. It kind of just bummed me out. Um, I watched a movie called To Russia With Love. And let me find it on the Wikipedia. To Russia With Love. Um, okay, this is showing a 2014 documentary film made by Noam Gonick. That's not the one I was looking for. Gerald Anderson. Um... Uh, this might not have a Wikipedia page. Um, it's not even listed on. The, it's not even listed on his Wikipedia filmography. Anyway, to Russia with love is a. I would call it a romantic drama. Uh, hold on, to Russia with love, Gerald. I would call it a romantic drama with some comedic elements directed by Veronica Velasco who I'm not familiar with written by B-Boy Kaleha and Erwin Blanco not familiar um, starring Gerald Anderson, Elena Kozlova and Scott Alexander Young um, this movie is not great um, it was okay, like, it was not a waste of time, but, like, if you, you know, if you want as a dumb, kind of sappy, romantic movie, it's fine. The movie is about this guy, this Filipino guy, Gerald Anderson, who's a very good actor. I've seen him great in great things in the past. And he meets this girl named, um, I forget her name, but 
he meets this girl who's from russia i i think she's half russian half filipina i'm not sure don't quote me on that uh in the movie i don't even know about real life either but they meet and she's like oh it was nice meeting you but i have to go home to russia so she goes home to russia but they kind of a relationship blooms between the two of them if you can imagine and so he ends up going over to russia to see her and they end up starting a relationship and he has to get he kind of has to get the approval of his of her father who is this rich pop uh, like feels kind of like a royal russian dude because he, they live in kind of like a, a mansion or a palace type thing and he's a very he's a big very intimidating guy and drama and hilarity ensues but that's basically the gist of the movie i will say that for the most or at least from the beginning and for the most part it's a drama and then all of a sudden there's some weird slapstick moves in this movie there are some of them are very very dumb like at one point gerald anderson wakes up in his room in at her house and everywhere he looks he sees like taxidermied animals like the head of a a duck head of a buffalo stuff like that and then it kind of zooms in and he gets scared and then at one point he's holding a vase and he's talking to the the father and he you know what what do you expect will happen he drops the vase he breaks the vase and the father's like this vase is very imp- <coughs> pardon me pardon me what the fuck was that i turned it into an alien um the father is like this vase is very important to me and you know what he thinks happens he breaks the vase blah 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 um i will say a lot of times in filipino movies the foreigners they get are very very bad actors and i i assume it's a money issue it's like they can't afford to get a very very good foreign actor so they get you know someone in acting class or whatever but this guy, they, he was pretty good in it. The guy playing the dad, his name is Scott Alexander Young. I am not familiar with him. But um, I'm assuming he's a Russian actor. But he spoke English in the movie. English and Russian. He doesn't appear to have a Wikipedia page. But he was good. I liked him. And I liked that they got a, a good actor for that part. And... I like that at the end of the movie, there's no prototypical, um, formulaic, you know, at the end of, like I said, this isn't a romantic comedy, it's a romantic drama with comedic elements, but at the end of every romantic comedy, there's that part where the guy or girl chases after the other character, and it's like very, very formulaic at this point. They didn't go that route in this one, and I like that, but it's not a great movie. It's not even a good movie. I'm I'm surprised that this stage of Gerald Anderson's career, he did it, because I've, I've seen him do really good projects in the past. This is not one of them. The girl's beautiful. Her acting was kind of one note, but from my understanding, she is a model, and um, she 
I guess she's trying acting. She wasn't bad. She's like sweet in the part, but kind of one note. And I will say at the end of this movie, there is a very weird sequence where, spoiler alert, if you don't want To Russia With Love 2022 spoiled for you on Netflix. But he ends up getting injured, but it's like fake. The The father ends up getting injured. And at the end of the movie, he goes down like layers and layers of stairs into this weird secret um, hideout. And he's like talking to his comrade like the secret mission was a success. And it, it's kind of hard to explain, but it was very bizarre. It was kind of funny. Um, not an entirely successful movie, but not not a waste of time um what else is that i watched clockwork orange the first time um i've heard the name a billion times i guess i was familiar with that sequence where they um hold the guy's eye open but i never really i never saw it before ever and I didn't really know much about it. I was skimming through the HBO Max catalog and I came across it. So I said, why not? Uh, 1971 dystopian crime film adapted, produced, and directed by Stanley Kubrick based on Anthony Burgess's 1962 novel of the same name. Um, I I will fully admit I have a attention issue and you know I blame phones but I fully had like my computer out and phone while watching this movie. Like a lot of Stanley Kubrick's movies, it's I felt like it was a slow burn. Um I can't say I really enjoyed the movie and I don't I don't know if that's blasphemy I don't know if this movie is well loved I don't I really don't know I just know it's referenced a lot um you know they're like it's like that scene from Clockwork Orange um I hear that phrase a lot or I I think I do I didn't recognize anyone in it besides Malcolm McDowell um and I don't really know I think I know him most from um, heroes and he wasn't a big part of heroes he was like a for my recollection he was a a minor role in heroes I'm trying to look if just to confirm that he was in it um, yeah he played some guy named Daniel Linderman I don't even recognize the character name but other than that, I don't, I don't really know him from much. But I think he's great in this movie. He's, he, well, first of all, this movie is disturbing, and I was kind of shocked at how disturbing it was because, like, the movie opens up with like a close up of his face, and then it slowly pans out, and they're like at this milk bar. Him and his drooges, droogs, or it's he's kind of like in a gang, and I guess this milk bar, they're like um, amping up, getting high, quote unquote high. So 
they are preparing for the ultra violence. So then they go out and they commit ultra violence. So at one point, well, early on, there's four guys uh, attempting to rape a woman. So they strip her of her clothes, try to rape her, strip her naked. She's screaming, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. And then Malcolm McDowell and his three droogs come by and they don't necessarily I don't I don't think it was their intention to save her they just want to fight those other guys and then she ends up escaping in the process um, and then the four of them go beat up an old guy and then they end up breaking into this couple's house and Malcolm McDowell's character rapes a woman and I read that the rape felt too dry to Stanley Kubrick. So Malcolm McDowell um, improvised by singing, singing in the rain. It's, and it's, it's very creepy to, to, to sing a, such a, an uppity song that reminds me of the movie. I, I've never seen Singing in the Rain. But... It reminds, me, it reminds me of, like, I can't even think of the guy's name. Fred Astaire, is that right? Singing in the rain, tap dancing, and <laughs> Malcolm McDowell's character is cutting this woman's clothing off and, and raping her. Um, it's a disturbing movie. And basically, he's sentenced to 14 years in a prison. Um... And he hears of this procedure where he can get out in, I forget, two weeks if he goes through this procedure. So he goes through this procedure where he is forced to look at sickening images and he is given medicine. Um, eventually he gets out and he's like, I'm cured. Uh, it's a weird movie. Um, I... I didn't I can't say I enjoyed watching it because it was so disturbing. I might have to watch it again, but it's it's a long movie. I don't really want to watch it again. I will say I kind of didn't understand it whilst watching it and reading the Wikipedia page and reading what it meant and reading about the commentary on ultraviolence and um the, free will and like so he so he was cured from this ultraviolet side of him but it was done through this controversy controversial method so he wasn't doing it out of his free will he was forced to do it so reading through that made me appreciate the movie more that happens a lot with me because a lot of times i am not smart also like 2001 I loved after first viewing you know that it was just one of those movies but something like Interstellar which is highly influenced by 2001 Interstellar the first time I watched it I thought it was very slow very boring second time I watched it I loved it so maybe second time I watched Clockwork Orange if I really focus in and try to close all distractions maybe I'll like it more maybe I'll appreciate it more but upon first viewing, it didn't really hit me in any particular way. I just thought it was 
a slow burn and very disturbing and I liked reading about it more than watching it uh, sucks to say because I've heard about that movie for a very long time um, I watched I watched season one or episode one of the Sopranos maybe more than a year ago I watched it with my wife and we liked it but we just we didn't continue it no particular reason we just you know and our schedules are all messed up too now that I think of it I started career opportunities with her we never finished it and I we started midnight run and I was enjoying it a lot and we didn't finish it and our biz our schedules get so busy that I I forget about it which sucks by the way I, I forget I wanted to mention R.I.P. Kevin Conroy, um, the classic uh, voice actor who did the voice of Batman for Batman, Batman animated series and many, many other projects. He died from... Uh, intestinal cancer on November 10th 2022 at the age of 66 66 is very young in my opinion very very sad um, he I don't know uh, I guess it's cliche to say he defined the role but there's no other way to describe it and of course there were guys who did it before him you know adam west i know a lot of like ralph garman is a huge fan of adam west and adam west has his fans as well and there were people who did the voice before i'm sure but a lot of a lot of like i grew up on his voice on the animated series a lot of people grew up on his voice and he's he was a great voice actor um he will be missed Sad to see him go. Fucking 66. Very sad. Um, what was I going to say? Sopranos. So I watched episode 2. I will say. Um, I'm enjoying it right. I don't. I don't feel the pull to binge it. But I will continue it. And episode 2. Is basically. I don't know any of the characters' names yet, but there's these two young guys, and one guy wants to be made part of the gang, but Tony says, they're not accepting new members, and that young guy's friend tries to pull off a heist, and the heist goes wrong, and they end up, I guess 46 Long refers to the suits that were in the truck, and they accidentally killed the driver of the truck. And I, I will say, Joe DeRosa's criticism, the accents do feel a little over the top. And I, I don't know. I don't think I could do an Italian, a New York Italian accent, but uh, let me try. Um, hey, hey, hey what, what, what are we doing here? Huh? What, 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 I'm walking here, huh? Um, I feel like I should rewatch my cousin Vinny, but... That's kind of a different flavor. That's kind of like cartoony. But this one, they're like, everyone's like, "Hey, uh, hey, you, you want to make, you want to be part of the gang, huh? No, there's, 
they're not accepting new members all right um a lot of the accents do feel a little over the top not not that i would know an authentic not over the top accent i'm just saying they feel a little put on but i am enjoying the show also there's a plot slash sub subplot about the mom she accidentally um like lights part of her house on fire and so they get a kind of helper for her a, a black trinidadian woman and the mom kind of says something to her they don't reveal what but the black woman the trinidadian woman gets offended and she leaves and the mom's like you know those blacks you never know what they're gonna be offended by it's like this show uh i i don't know i i'm enjoying it but i haven't you know pat walsh says it's his favorite show of all time so i'm not feeling that yet but it's only episode two but i will continue um I watched old and I haven't listened to the we'll see you in hell episode on old yet but I watched it and I did not like it the let me let me see um, old I like Shyamalan and even as I said the words I like Shyamalan. I don't. I don't know if I can explain why I like Shyamalan. Let me. Let me look through his filmography. I'm. I'm rooting for him. And again, as I said, the words I'm rooting for him. I don't know why. Let me see. The Sixth Sense came out in 1999, and that was a big hit. And I remember liking it. And you know that twist is probably still talked about to this day um unbreakable i remember liking okay i didn't love it haven't seen signs haven't seen the village i am one of the few people in this world that said that admits that i really liked lady in the water i've seen it once in the theater i believe I I watched it with my uh, roommate long, long, long ago in the theater. And I don't think she liked it, but I liked it. I remember a guy in front of us telling his girlfriend, that's the last time you picked a movie. Or I, I forget what the exact phrase was, was like. Because everyone thought it was going to be like horror. and Or they're like, that, that's... People were mad that it was a fantasy movie, I guess. I've seen it the one time. I should rewatch it. I remember I remember liking it. That's all I can really say. Um, and I remember the rest of the world hating it. Um, the Happening, I think I did watch and thought it was terrible. I, I still don't understand why people were walking backwards in that movie. Last Airbender, I remember kind of liking it. Um, I don't, you know, everyone hated that movie as well. I didn't see After Earth. I did not see The Visit. I heard that was a good, here the Wikipedia says, 
It grossed $98 million on a $5 million budget, receiving mixed to positive reviews from critics, with many calling it a return to form for Shyamalan's career. I liked Split, too. I, I think... I think Split might be the reason why I'm rooting for him. Just because I, I liked it. Um, it grossed $278 million on a budget of $9 million. That's, And I know that blockbusters are not necessarily a sign of a good movie, but I thought Split was solid. I did not... I, I'm sorry I keep... Um, Sucking in through my nose, but I, I apologize. I like, I did not like Glass. I thought it was kind of a slog. Um, and so old is his follow-up to Glass. Here's a movie called um, Knock at the Cabin is an upcoming movie. Upcoming American apocalyptic psychological horror movie directed by M. Night Shyamalan, who wrote the screenplay from an initial draft by Steve Desmond and Michael Sherman. It is based on the 2018 novel Cabin at the End of the World by Paul G. Tremblay, the first adaptation of one of his works. The film stars Dave Bautista, Jonathan Groff of Mindhunter, Ben Aldridge, Nikki Amuka Bird, Kristen Cui, Abby Quinn, um, and Rupert Grint, Ronald Weasley himself. Um, man, old. I don't even know where to begin. Old is um, based on the French language Swiss graphic novel Sandcastle by Pierre Oscar Levy and Frederick. Peters. Spoiler alert if you don't want old spoiled for you, but old is ba basically about a, bu uh, a bunch of people. They go to a beach. They quickly realize that on this beach, they get old very quickly. And they first notice the kids because the kids at first are kids and then all like within an hour or so they look like teenagers and they try to escape and they can't they end up dying um this already kind of old guy ends up i don't know if what you would call it um alzheimer's or something he doesn't really know what's going on and he becomes violent the main character or one of the main characters is played by gail garcia barnal who and his eyesight starts to go his wife vicky played by vicky creeps creeps her hearing starts to go and i don't know that the acting i i i i, ha I guess you have to blame the directing the acting and the directing just felt all over the place i think uh, or it says here, Charles worsening schizophrenia. So it's not Alzheimer's. It's a schizophrenia. Or, um, I guess they did mention he was schizophrenic. The acting felt all over the place. And that might have been um, intentional. But it just didn't work on me. 
very quickly as things began to quickly become chaotic i just felt that this movie was dumb it almost felt so dumb that it felt like a an snl sketch i think people could like act out scenes from this movie verbatim on snl and it would come off so ludicrous and ridiculous that people would laugh at it they're like uh quickly where where is someone and then people are screaming where kara kara and it would play so ridiculously on a stage. I think people would just laugh at it. Um, so I, I think the acting and directing were just off the mark and didn't work for me. And I can't really explain why I liked Lady in the Water, why I liked Split, and why I didn't like this movie. Um, I, don't, I don't really know how to explain it. I will say when they um, when they start to explain the twist, I thought the twist was pretty interesting, and I owe that to the writer of the novel uh, Sandcastle. Um, and uh, like a lot of these movies, this movie would have been a very solid Twilight Zone episode or Black Mirror. And I know Pat and Joe say that a lot about a lot of movies, but this movie in particular, it's an interesting twist. Um, and I think it would have been a better 30, 40 minute episode rather than a full length movie. Um, I will say this movie made me a big fan of Thomasin McKenzie. Um, like her a lot. In this movie and um everyone just all of a sudden started screaming and i didn't like it that's all i can really say uh 50 of critic reviews were positive the rotten tomatoes consensus old has no shortage of interesting ideas and writer director m night Shyamalan's uneven execution will intrigue or annoying viewers with little middle ground between. Um, I didn't like it. Which is a shame. Because this I like the story. And. I don't know. I don't know why these actors agreed to be this in this movie. Um, Gail Garcia Bernal. Who I think we all know from. Ito Mama Tambien. Um. Alex Wolf, who I was just singing the praises of from Hereditary, is like, you agreed to be in the next show. I don't know. I didn't like it. That's all I can say. Um, so to wrap up this episode, I will end with Postal. Postal. This is the next movie on the list of movies based on video games. Postal movie. Part of me thinks that, first of all, Uva Bowl is in this movie. And and he makes an appearance in this movie. And part of me believes that Uva Bowl was in this movie and purposely had a character pronounce Uva Bowl just so that he can let people know how to pronounce his name Uva Bowl because I think most people 
would call would say Yui Bowl, but the character in this movie pronounces it Uva Bowl. First of all, if you're listening to this, I would I would highly recommend you stop listening to this and watch Postal immediately. But there are some caveats there. I wouldn't recommend I wouldn't recommend you watch this movie if you are easily offended. If you are the t- if you are a person who likes being on Twitter, who enjoys that, who enjoys being on Twitter, I don't recommend you watch this. If you enjoy being on Twitter and um you enjoy the attention of Twitter and you enjoy getting into fights on Twitter, I wouldn't recommend you watch this. This movie, for me, was one of the wildest, craziest movies I've seen. Just because it takes some huge swings, huge attempts at comedy, at controversial controversial comedy the poster on wikipedia says disgusting offensive stupid live action version of south park based on the controversial video game i had never heard of the video game i had never heard of the movie um i like this movie do dare i say a lot should i say a lot I think only time will tell if this movie deserves a quote-unquote a lot. But I like this movie mainly because it made me laugh. Um, And I think that can only... That's only an indication of where my mindset is. And what I'm looking for in movies. And... Also, how dumb I am that I can enjoy this movie. So far, this is my favorite Uva Bowl movie because I liked Blood Rain. Um, and I think people listed that as one of the worst movies of all time. And I like this movie a lot because it made me laugh. Um, Postal is a 2007 comedy action comedy film co-written and directed by Uva Boll, starring Zach Ward, Dave Foley, Chris Coppola, Jackie Tan, J.K. Simmons, Vern Troyer, Larry Thomas, David Huddleston. <laughs> I just realized that Larry Thomas is the soup Nazi. And he was in this movie, I, I believe, playing um, <laughs> Osama Bin Laden. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is wild and crazy and ridiculous. Um, David Huddleston and Seymour Castle. I don't know why they're listing Seymour Castle as one of the main cast in this film. He plays an old guy sitting outside like a a convenience store um, making like wisecracks he's not a main character in this movie like the majority of Bull's previous films Postal is a film adaptation of a video game in this case Postal though this this film draws more heavily from the video game sequel Postal 2 
Also, like Bowl's predecessors, it was a commercial and critical failure, grossing less than 1% of its budget. Um, despite liking this movie, I don't know how... Well, he makes a joke in this movie because he makes an appearance, as I said. He makes a joke in this movie where he says, People think that my I make my movies out of Nazi gold, and I'm here to say they're right. He makes a joke in that movie, in this movie. Um, this movie opens with two... Um, Two Flight 11 hijackers during the 9-11 attacks. And the conversation they're having between them is like a sitcom dialogue. They're like, uh, the one guy called, they're like, um, it would be cool, uh, sorry for the accents. It would be cool, uh, maybe I shouldn't do the accent. It would be cool if I had, uh, oh, I'm so excited to get the 100 virgin. And then the other guy's like, yes, I, I'm looking for the 100 virgins. But, you know, what if it's not 100 virgins? What if it's 99? It's like, uh, well, 99, 100, it doesn't matter. It's just one. What if it's 75? Can you call and make sure? It's like, okay, I'll call the big boss. And then he calls the big boss. I, I believe it's Osama bin Laden. He's like, boss, can we get a confirmation on how many virgins? And at one point, he's like, oh, yeah, we got on the plane fine. But, you know, security. It's that kind of deal. This movie takes huge comedy swings. And the opening sequence was desperately trying to make me laugh. And I wouldn't give it laughter. So I'm like, I'm not going to laugh. This movie is going to be dumb. This movie is going to be extremely dumb, stupid. So I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to give it a laugh. And then eventually there's a scene with Dave Foley, his character's name is Uncle Dave. He starts to... He sits on a toilet, which for some reason is out in the open in the middle of his living room. And he starts taking a poop while smoking, I think, weed. And he's talking to this guy and the guy's like... He thinks the poop is smelly. And I, I started laughing out loud hard at this scene. And then once the dam breaks, it's hard to st stop those waters from flooding the town. You know what I mean? The The funniest scene in the movie to me, where I, I was rolling, is where they show <laughs> there's an old Asian lady at a, a stoplight. And she is stopped at a green light. So you, you can kind of tell the tone of this movie just from that description and there is a a black cop behind her getting irate like it's green she should go on green and then she, he's getting more and more mad he's like what the heck's what what's wrong with her why isn't she going on green and then his partner next to him goes maybe she's not wearing glass and then the black cop goes did you just say glass I paid hundreds of dollars for you to st those lang English language tapes, and you say glass, it's glass says. And for some reason, this hit me real hard. And then the black cop goes to the car in front of her, in front of him, 
starts talking to the Asian lady. The Asian lady gets all confused, starts speaking in Chinese. The black guy goes, what did you say? What did you say? He proceeds to shoot her repeatedly. And then he goes back to his car and the guy, go, the partner goes, what happens? And then the black guy says, I think she called me N word. That sequence had me rolling like only because I haven't, you, you can't make these jokes in these modern times there are fat jokes there are racist jokes there are ridiculous jokes against all types of people and this movie was it was so absurd and ridiculous and it made me laugh because when you're as depressed as i am sometimes you need dark crazy ridiculous absurd humor to shock me into laughter because clean comedy doesn't cut it for me i i i see these stand-up comedy routines that are they just don't hit me in that way i don't laugh i don't smile and um at one point there's a sequence in this movie where <laughs> where children get shot and they show you children shoot, getting shot and falling to the ground. And it was making me laugh. And like, no, I, I'm not laughing at children getting shot. I'm laughing at the absurdity of this movie choosing to shoot children. And I started to wonder, like, I think um, Columbine happened in 1999, right? Yeah, 1999. So this is eight. Postal came out years after columbine happened um i i don't remember when the other but like you can't make these types of scenes today you can't make these types of jokes so i'm just glad this movie exists and i can escape reality for an hour an hour and a half and just enjoy myself in this weird ridiculous absurd movie where children get shot um I, I can't I can't recall all of the jokes, but I had uh, I had a great time because th there's you can't make the I, I guess I can't I, I'm just gonna repeat myself, but you can't make these jokes anymore. And it remind me there's a scary movie I don't remember it's four or five where there was a giant picture of Mother Teresa and they. They shot through it. <laughs> it's so absurd and crazy that it just kind of shocks me into laughter. Um, I liked it a lot. It's my favorite Uva Bowl movie so far. I recommend it, but if all I can say is that if you're easily offended, don't watch it. Just don't watch it. Um, I don't think you should protest this movie. Um... But, you know, who am I to say anything? On Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 9% based on 46 reviews with an average score of 3.6 of out of 10. Consensus reads, An attempt at political satire that lacks any wit or relevance. Postal is nonetheless one of Uva, Uva Bowl's more successful films for what it's worth. Um, I agree 
but I don't agree that it lacks any wit. Um, <laughs> there was one point where Zach Ward was getting interviewed, and I believe one of the questions was, um, next question, would you rather eat a duck? And there's this long silence, <laughs> and that was making me laugh. Um, there's there's a lot of small jokes. There's a lot of big jokes. There's um, Dave Foley is funny in this. Vern Troyer is fun. Uh, it's very funny. I'm surprised. J- <laughs> um, J.K. Simmons agreed to be in this movie. He was, of course, in Whiplash. I know him best as J. J. Joan J. Jonah Jameson. Um, I I liked it. Um, Jeremy Knox gave it three out of five. It's a, it's such an insanely fun ride that most of its flaws are forgivable. Peter Hartlob gave it two point five out of five. Not only less than horrible, but actually occasionally enjoyable. Then why is it uh, okay? Nathan Rabin, two out of five. A provocation first. I don't know what that word means. An insult second. A publicity stunt third. And a film, a distant fourth. Dennis Harvey, two out of five. This anything goes exercise isn't dull. One just wishes the outrageousness were more consistently funny. I agree with that because after the laughs were not consistent, but I did have. There were times where I was laughing pretty hard, but there were there were long periods where I was not laughing. I will admit to that. Maitland McDonough gave it two out of five stars. Postal's touches of wit are lost in the flying body parts, gross out gags, and the full frontal spectacle of Foley's no longer private parts. Oh yeah, he shows his dong in this, which was surprising. Michael Harris gave it one out of five stars. What Bowl gives us is as is a boring beating over the head. I disagree. Kyle Smith, one out of five stars. At last, Yui, Yuva Uva Bowl has made his first intentionally funny film. I, I agree. I don't know why it's one out of five stars. Aaron Hills, one out of five states. Manages to be as toothless as Bowl is tasteless. Poorly framed, tone deaf, and nonsensical. Yet still Bowl's best. I don't. I I understand these are just taking one sentence out of their review, but a lot of these are positive. But they still give the film two out of five, one out of five. Nathan Lee gave it 0.5 out of five stars, stating infantile, irreverent, boorish to the max. Postal explodes with bad attitude and lousy filmmaking. Elizabeth Weitzman. Zero out of five stars saying, Where Bowles movies were once amusingly atrocious, Postal is so aggressively tasteless and knowingly idiotic, there's just no fun to be had. I vehement, vehement, what the fuck? Vehemently disagree. Um, Despite critical condemnation, Postal won two awards at the Hoboken International Film Festival Best Director and the festival's top prize, Best of Festival. That's um, interesting. There was supposed to be a sequel, but it was canceled. So, 
I, I mean, I'm sure there are movies out there like this, but I I can't think of any. And I had never heard of this movie. I, I actually purchased a bunch of the games earlier today because I'm so curious about what these games are. Um, there was a, a package deal for like two bucks. So it, it comes with Postal 1 and Postal 2. I'm sure graphically and technically they're very dated, but I'm so curious about these games. I think you should check it out. Um, if you're curious, you should check it out. Uh, it made me laugh. It really made me laugh. I have a, I will admit I have a very, very dumb sense of humor. But a lot of things don't make me laugh. So the fact that this movie made me laugh many times throughout the course of its running time, I tip my hat to Uva Bowl. I tip my hat, sir. Um, what the heck? I thought I just looked up list of... So let's look at the next list of video game movies. After Postal, it's Hitman. Haven't played the game, haven't watched the movie, so I'll check that out. Like Resident Evil Extinction, for example. The movie is fairly well made, fairly well acted, but it didn't have an effect on me. Postal definitely made an effect on me, had an effect on me. So I tip my hat. I, I recommend it. If you're If you're easily offended, just don't watch it. Or, you know, I don't think you should watch it if you're offended easily. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope you are well. I hope you got into the Halloween spirit. Now it's over. It's over. It's over. Um, we are getting ready for... Um, uh, in, in honor of Postal, I want to tell a story. A quick story. I'll end the episode with a quick story. So I was doing an improv class online, a Zoom, with a one-on-one -on -one improv class with a teacher. And she was coming up with scenarios. So the first scenario was, I'm a homeowner and she's a robber. So we do the exercise. And then, then the next sequence, she's like, okay, I am a robber and she's a security guard at a bank so we go through the exercise and then she's like okay you you come up with the exercise you come up with a suggestion and so the base the premise of the exercise is we're supposed to be in conflict with each other but throughout the exercise at the end we end in resolution or we end up at peace with one each other with one another and my mind goes to some dark comedic places so I was like, okay, I'm going to be a, a hijacker and you be the pilot. And I was milliseconds away from telling her this suggestion. And then I remembered she is based in New York. So then I was like, uh, 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 oh, no, I can't. Never mind. And then she was like, no, say it. And I was like, no, 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 never mind. And she's like, say it. No, Silencio Bruno. And I was like, and I was like, I... Um, I like that reference, but I was like, I can't, I can't say it. So I didn't say it. And I think in comedy, 
we should be bold. But at the same time, I, I don't... There is that fear. There is that concern. The concern is very real. I don't want to... I'm not... I'm not looking to offend anyone. I don't want to be rude. And I don't know if she was affected by 9-11. So I don't... But it, the awkwardness of it felt straight out of a Seinfeld app. Like, I was about to say that. Well, I already explained it. So I don't know if anyone would find it funny. But I thought it was funny. Anyway, I hope you are well. I hope your pets are well and thriving. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. And say hi to your pets for me.